0: friends, and welcome to Ask Zach. Today, we're going to talk about one of the unsung pop guitar heroes of the 70s, and that's Andrew Gold. Of course, he deserves attention on a much broader level as the multi-instrumentalist that he was, and just all of the records that he contributed to as a you know, kind of arranger, harmony vocalist, uh, player. But uh, today, we're going to focus on him as a guitarist and specifically on two um, songs that he played on for uh, Linda Ronstadt and his guitar parts really uh, helped make them hits and they're off the same album. They are, uh, of course, You're No Good, which I just played the uh, the solo. And then also uh, When Will I Be Loved, both off of Linda Ronstadt's 1974 uh, kind of breakthrough album, Heart Like a Wheel. So we're going to cover that, a little bit of Andrew's history and... uh, yeah, talk a little bit about a little bit about his gear, and uh, we're going to talk about the making of those songs and what uh, what gear was used to uh, to create those uh, those sounds that that were on those those two big hits. So, all right, before we get started, a little pause for the cause. So, if you haven't, if you've been enjoying the show and you haven't done it already, well, please hit subscribe. If you've already subscribed, then. I Really appreciate you supporting the show. There's a lot of different ways, but the best is Patreon. So there's a link to my Patreon page, and there's uh, all sorts of different levels and things you can learn about there. Also, there's um, merch uh, below, and also my website, askzac.com. Uh Yeah. So uh, just check those things. Also, there's Tip Jar information in the description if if that's the the best thing for you to do. But uh, yeah. So let's let's dive in. So. Andrew Maurice Gold was born in 1951 in Burbank, California. Of course, Burbank is really just part of Los Angeles at this point. But he was born into a very musical family. His mother, uh, Marnie Nixon, was kind of a stunt vocalist. So she was the, uh, the voice of Natalie Wood in West Side Story, and she was also the, in the singing voice of uh, different actresses in, in movies, and then but also had a, had a career of her own. Andrew's father, Ernest Gold, uh, was famous as a as a composer, and he uh, probably his most known work would be uh, Exodus. So he was, you know, again born in fifty one, and when he was thirteen in nineteen sixty four, he was able to meet the Beatles at a some type of fundraising event, and that kind of helped push him over the edge with musical parents, and also the the explosion of the Beatles. And Andrew was very influenced by the uh, the music of of that of the day of the of the of the mid '60s, and so he kind of wore that musical influence his his entire life. You could hear the influence of the Beatles, the Birds, and the Beach Boys on just about everything he did. Uh, I mean, he was always his own person, but you could always hear that, uh, that little bit of influence, like the Beatley influence in the, the solo on You're No Good, or, uh, even the, uh, you know, the, uh, the birds kind of influence in some of the arpeggiated things that he would do. But, uh, he uh, had a series of bands, you know, in the, uh, you know, LA area, and, uh, probably the most noteworthy would have been Brendel, which had uh, Kenny Edwards, who had, uh, you know, of course been part of the stone ponies with uh Linda Ronstadt, had Wendy Waldman, who of course is one of the most famous and prolific uh, pop songwriters of all time. Carla Bonoff, who is a great uh, artist and songwriter who had a, uh, you know, long solo career and, uh, yeah, and, and Andrew. And so it was the, the four of them were Brendel, but they, they didn't release an album until, uh, actually in the nineties, they regrouped and, uh, and did some, some recording and some shows. But, uh, Where Andrew's career really takes off is when he joins Linda Ronstadt's band along with Kenny Edwards. Uh, Kenny Edwards, of course, played bass and sang harmony, and Andrew was kind of doing whatever was needed. Uh, So he would play piano or guitar or drums or what have you. And they were starting to make the uh, Heart Like a Wheel album, and they were working on tunes, and one of them was a song, You're No Good. And they had already kind of worked it up and they had been doing it live. And then they appeared on the Midnight Special. And uh, that I'll put a link to that in the description. So in the performance, it's kind of a hodgepodge of musicians. It's not really her band per se. It's kind of a, a mix of players. So you have Andrew playing a black Strat with a Rosewood fretboard, which is actually Linda Ronstad's guitar. It's her 62 Strat and uh, he's looking it looks like he's using either a you know bassman or bandmaster or showman you know head you know blackface one with a 212 cab uh then there's uh little feet's drummer and then there's like skunk baxter playing you know bongos and yeah and and so that's kind of an you know the the tune is kind of almost there it's not quite there yet uh, they, cause they hadn't gone in the studio and recorded it. And so you, you can hear that it's missing the middle section, the big guitar solo and the, and the breakdown. Well, they went into the studio and they decided to leave this you know, section free. Uh, now in the, in the studio version, it's Ed Black, who was the, uh, guitarist and pedal steel player in Linda's band at that point. He's kind of playing those kind of rhythm hits that you hear at the beginning of the tune. Andrew is playing most of the other instruments. He's playing Wurlitzer. He's playing drums. I believe he's, he might be playing, uh, I'm not sure if he's playing bass or not, but, uh, anyway, he's playing most of the other instruments and they left this 16 bar, you know, kind of gap in there. And while Linda was gone, of course, this is famously told is that while Linda was gone that he and the, the producer Peter Asher recorded this, uh, middle section and that Linda hated it at first because of course it sounded like the Beatles and it does sound, uh, beatle but it's, you know, got other elements also. I think apparently, uh, having a Beatle influence at this point was kind of, uh, not really, uh, you know, looked upon kindly in the country rock circles as it were. So I think that was also one of the reasons why, uh, Linda had some, uh, had some reservations about this, but they, they ended up, you know, of course, you know, releasing it and and it was a a big hit. Um, the way it was recorded was Andrew used her, uh, that black 62 strap that again, he had in the other performance and he plugged it into, uh, Linda's deluxe. So she had a fender deluxe amp. I'm guessing it was like a blackface one, but, um, that, that was turned up to eight and that is kind of the distorted part that you hear playing the low notes and, uh, you know, in the solo and also of course doing the, uh, the bending and such that's that guitar. Then you have other parts that were recorded direct with the same guitar and a lot of, uh, there was an MXR EQ that was used to boost highs. And then there were two, uh you know, URI 1176 compressor limiters that were used and and it was plugged direct. So that's what you hear uh, some of the other guitar parts specifically toward the end, where you have the strings come up really loud and you have these arpeggiated parts. That's that's the Strat played direct um, through, through a bunch of compression. And also there was an EMT uh, disc uh, echo unit that was apparently warped and added a little warble to the note like chorus. And so that was, uh, so they they used that and that's what gave it kind of the chorus sound. Also, most everything was double tracked. And at times, Andrew would either have them mess with the tape speed or he would detune the guitar slightly just to create a chorus effect. So that's that's You're No Good. And uh, of course, that was a a huge, I think it was Linda's biggest hit. The next one was When Will I Be Loved? This one, um, it only has direct guitar. It's, a, it's the same Strat, except this time he, instead of on, I think it's on the back pickup on the first one on, on when will I be loved? It's definitely the back two pickups. Cause he's even said that in an, in an interview and it was into the, the two, you know, 1176, you know, compressor limiters with the MXR EQ. Also, there was a, uh, a noise suppressor that was used that had a real fast gate. And that's what helps give it that very kind of keyboard sound. Also, you have the fact that it's like there are three guitar parts that have been doubled. So it's six tracks of guitar and they're all direct. And the last one, the one that's the highest part was actually played by slowing down the tape and he played it normal and then speeding it up. And so, uh, that's why it, it has such that, that Les Paul kind of sped up track, because again, that was a trick that, uh, Les Paul developed where he would slow the tape down, play something. And then of course, when you sped it up, it sounded almost like a mandolin and at really high speed. So those, those were the, uh, the three guitar tracks that were all doubled. They were harmonized. And that's the, uh, the solo on when will I be loved again? It was the black Linda Ronstadt uh, 62 Strat on the back two pickups, and uh, those those two tracks really um, made uh, you know they they really made this album sell. I'm gonna pull it out real quick. Uh, it's a fantastic album, and if and if you don't have it, then you definitely need to give it a listen or pick it up. Also, on a, just a brief side note, also this features some wonderful B-bender work by the great Bob Warford, who was a Kind of friend and protege of Clarence White, and uh, so you have "Dark End of the Street" and uh, and "Willin" that feature wonderful uh, guitar solos by uh, Bob Warford. Also, just to... An- another another side note. I really love the uh, the banjo opening part on uh, Faithless Love, and the harmony vocals of uh, of Emmylou Harris on I Can't Help It If I'm Still in Love with You, the old uh, Hank Senior classic. So anyway, this is this is a, a golden record, and uh, highly recommend that you pick that up. So then, old Andrew, uh, you know. Continued to help with Linda Ronstadt's career, but he also started a, a, a solo career on Asylum, and he uh, released you know a, a number of solo records. Probably my favorite is, uh, or my favorite two, I should say, are, are this one. What's wrong with this picture? So I picked this up in the in the '90s. I think after, I think either after uh, reading uh, an interview with Andrew Gold that was done by John Jorgensen, or it was after uh, seeing uh, Brendel on uh, on television, uh, and they did you know some of their own tunes, and they also did "When Will I Be Loved," and he replicated the uh, the solo uh, using Ricky Skaggs' glazer purple glazer telly with a B bender, and he played the solo on that, and it was uh, of course it missed the the harmony, but it was very close, and uh, it was interesting. He even used the B bender, so uh, yeah, kudos to uh, Andrew Gold, but this one. This album is great, and uh, it has a, you know, of course, this has "Lonely Boy," which of course was a was a big hit, and it doesn't feature uh, Andrew playing guitar. That's actually Waddy Wattel, but uh, you know, this this is a a great one, and then also you have uh, all this in heaven too. This this has the "Thank You for Being a Friend," which of course. You know, was a, a a hit and then also used as a theme for the Golden Girls. But of course he didn't sing another uh you know session singer sang the uh the the TV theme. But this this is a really fun album. It is at times more keyboard oriented, especially on the tune uh oh never let her slip away. And that's a, a great one. Also, uh this album has Freddie Mercury from Queen singing some harmonies on here, and uh, so yeah. And it's got great harmonized guitar and, uh, yeah. Great songs, great production. All right. After, uh, after his asylum era, kind of, you know, record label career kind of came to an end. He, uh, he kind of spent time with, uh, Graham Gouldman, I think from 10 CC. So he was with him for a while. They had a group called wax and then, Andrew would would go back and forth he would uh, he would return to Linda Ronstadt's band you know every once in a while I think uh, when she was touring with Aaron Neville he played with her for a while uh, there's even a appear- you know there's uh, a tonight show appearance where Andrew is playing guitar along with Mike Landau and they're backing up Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville uh, that's quite nice and then he played with her in some other performances in the '90s. In the '90s, of course, he did uh, the the Brendel uh, reunion, which I already kind of mentioned, and that was very well done. And there's there's performance of uh, of them at the Ryman uh, with Ricky Skaggs that uh, that can be found online, and that's where they do "When Will I Be Loved," and you get to see again Andrew playing the uh, the solo on uh, Ricky's purple Glazer Telly with a B bender then uh you know of course he also did the uh, final frontier the mad about you theme song you know in the, in the 90s and he kind of started you know releasing some independent records and doing some some tribute bands where he was really able to kind of uh relive you know some of his you know early love of of like the birds and and the beatles and and the beach boys and uh yeah just a, a great musician, also had a, a a nice career as a songwriter. He wrote songs for, you know, for Trisha Yearwood and Wynonna Judd that were hits, uh, you know, like I Saw the Light for uh, Wynonna and uh, Better Your Heart Than Mine for Trisha Yearwood, which is one of her uh, better tunes that uh, I wish would have been a hit. Um, yeah, then, uh, you know, of course, he uh, he had a, a bout of cancer and then he uh, he died from uh, from heart disease of some kind, some heart failure, and that was in uh, in in 2011, and he was only 59 at the time. But uh, he had just a, a great legacy, and he had a big influence on harmony guitar and popularizing that, both on you know the records he played on, and also it became kind of a, a thing because you had, you know, I guess the, you could you could say that the Beatles did it early on with uh, "And Your Bird Can Sing." But, uh, you know, of course the Allman Brothers did it in, in more of a, uh, you know, in their Southern blues rock, you know, kind of fashion. But Andrew really did it in a, um, in a wonderful pop way. And of course he did it on Art Garfunkel albums and, uh, all, all sorts of different records. And of course I'll put a, uh, a Spotify playlist together so that you can, uh, hear a bunch of, uh, both Andrew Gold and also tunes that he, he played on, but yeah great, uh, influence on, on guitar playing and guitar sounds using both amped sounds, you know, with like using Linda Ronstad's deluxe or going direct, just uh, creating a lot of really interesting guitar sounds and interesting guitar parts, um, gear he used through the years. So of course, early on, you see him with Linda Ronstad's black 62 Strat, uh, then later on, he gets a '70s Strat that's uh, maple neck, black, but with a black pickguard, but with white pickup covers and white knobs. And you see him play that a lot with Linda Ronstadt. You um, also see some playing a Les Paul Deluxe with the mini humbuckers, um, you know, and probably you know any during all that time. You know, early on, he's using you know Fender amps, and then by the time Linda Ronstadt's really going strong, they're all using Music Man. Gear, which I'm guessing they had an endorsement, or I guess also they were just popular at the time. Uh, then, you know, of course, later on in his career, you, you know, like in the later 70s, you start seeing him using Rickenbackers and Gretches and Vox Amps and things like that. He starts kind of wearing some of the Beatle influence a little bit more. And uh, and in the 80s, he starts playing a Tele Custom, probably a 66, you know, transition logo, one. that's what you see him playing with uh, Linda and uh, Mike Landau and, and Aaron Neville on the Tonight Show performance. And uh, he gets into all sorts of things, uh, you know, he had Jerry Jones uh, bass six and, you know, all sorts of different guitars, Rickenbacker 12 strings and, you know, and uh, just all, but always had really great guitar sounds and, uh, and was always more concerned about the music than just being a guitar player. So of course, you know, he played a lot of different instruments well and, of was a you know, amazing harmony vocalist and uh, and singer in his own right. So I hope uh, hope this just kind of gives you a little uh, a little appreciation for him. I'm going to grab my pick real quick. Um, one little interesting thing uh, today. I'm just using my Danocaster, you know, kind of Frankenstein telly. This is a Phil Kabicki body, and I'm using a little uh, Fender Vibra Champ reverb, and I'm using uh, an old Ibanez Mastortion uh, one thing that's interesting about the tune is in the original recording you have in the breakdown you have this kind of thing so it was played that way on the recording, but then in the in the live versions of it, every time they, they start this descending thing and Which, which is really nice I like uh, both versions and then also it's interesting seeing where at times he'll play the solo by himself and sometimes Dan Dugmore who was the other guitar player uh, and steel and pedal steel player uh, would sometimes play uh, harmonized parts on that and also he would Dougmore would play the harmoni the harmony or at least one of the harmony parts on when will I be loved so that's how they would pull that off live because how are you gonna do that now at at one time they had Andrew Waddy Wattell and Dan Dugmore in the band all at the same time. And so they could pull off, they could all play, you know, electric guitar and, and, uh, and they could pull off the, when will I be loved, uh, you know, track, you know, pretty much, not, they wouldn't get the same sound cause it wasn't all direct, but, uh, yeah, you had three really great, you know, guitar players, uh, All those are great. And Dan Dugmore is severely underrated because he's more known as a Nashville pedal steel player, but he's played so much guitar on Nashville recordings and, and he, you know, even played like the opening, uh, acoustic part on, uh, oh, let's see what is the, it's the, uh, yeah, golly, I'm blanking. Oh, it's the Warren Zevon tune and, uh. Poor, poor, pitiful me. So that's uh, that's uh, Dan Dugmore at the beginning of that. And, of course, Dan Dugmore is also the pedal steel part on uh, on uh, Blue Bayou. So, all right. Sorry for that little uh, pause there. But, yeah, go out and listen to some Andrew Gold. Also, I need to give a a note of thanks. One, Mix Online had a wonderful article about You're No Good that I pulled some information from. And also... Uh, what was really helpful was this old country guitar magazine, uh, by guitar world that again, had this, uh, interview with Andrew gold that was conducted by John Jorgensen. And so, yeah, that was a uh, really neat. So a lot, a lot of great info from that, where he kind of got more technical in, you know, cause, of course, John's going to a- ask great questions about, you know, what he was using to get sounds and such. So thanks to, uh, John Jorgensen into mix on line. So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.